0: You're listening to The Heart and Hustle Podcast. We're your hosts, Evie McLeod and Lindsay Roman. Today is an exciting day. Today's episode, y'all, it is our 200th episode of The Heart and Hustle Podcast. Can we just take a minute? Can we just pause and get pumped? We have showed up 200 times into your earbuds or speakers, pouring out business and marketing strategies, life and heart talks, and just brought on the most incredible guests. It has been the biggest joy and the biggest honor to do this show for two hundred freaking episodes now. Woo! I just we just gotta like take a minute and like just pause and I, maybe I should stop talking. I've talked a lot, I guess. But <laughs> anyways, today we wanted to do something so special. We wanted to bring you a guest that we felt was worthy of the two hundredth episode slot. A guest who when we booked her. We literally screamed and did a happy dance because she is a just master in the online marketing space. She's someone that we've looked up to as entrepreneurs and especially as course creators. Y'all, for our 200th episode, we have Amy Porterfield in the house. Ah, that was okay. That was supposed to be me like being like, ah, you know, like crowd sounds. It, it's fine it's fine. (laughs) Now, if you have been in the online marketing space for any amount of time, you know who Amy is. But if you don't, let's just introduce you to the woman herself. Amy Porterfield is an online marketing expert and the host of the top-ranked podcast, Online Marketing Made Easy. Now, before building a multi-million dollar digital course business, Amy worked with mega brands like Harley Davidson and peak performance coach Tony Robbins, where she oversaw the content team and collaborated on groundbreaking online marketing campaigns. Now, through her best-selling courses and popular podcast, Amy's action-by-action approach proves even the newest online entrepreneurs can bypass the overwhelm and instead generate exciting momentum as they build the businesses that they love. Now, you need today's episode with Amy if you've even just the least, least bit have ever been intrigued by creating a digital course. Amy today walks us through everything from figuring out your course topic and concept to how to even begin creating one, what formats to consider, and so many other technical nitty gritty tools to get you rocking and rolling. And then on top of that, Amy covers the strategy of how to build your audience before you launch a course to them, how to actually get students to finish your courses, which is a big challenge for course creators to deal with, and dealing with imposter syndrome of feeling like, Oh, I, do, I don't know what to talk about or I don't know that I'm qualified to teach. She covers all of that and literally so much more. And it was just, it was seriously a blast to talk to this woman who is just a legit mastermind behind digital courses, asking her our biggest questions that we had, but then also that we know that you have as well. So ladies and gentlemen, for our 200th episode, here is the incredible Amy Porterfield.
1: Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. Amy, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. This is like I'm grinning from ear to freaking ear having you on and getting to chat (laughs) with you today.
2: (laughs) I am so thrilled to be here. This is going to be such a fun chat. We're so excited. (laughs) (laughs) All
1: right. Well, for anyone uh, who may live under a rock or is new to the entrepreneurship world or anything like that, or the podcast world, and doesn't know who you are, uh, do you want to just go ahead and introduce yourself to our audience? Tell a little bit about yourself, all all the good stuff.
2: Yes. Okay. So I always say I'm an ex corporate girl turned entrepreneur. And I help budding entrepreneurs take their knowledge, know how, and skill set and turn that into a profitable digital course that they can launch over and over again. And I've been at this for about 13 years. And over the last 13 years, I've had a lot of crash and burns and a lot of lessons along the way, but I found that everybody has an expertise. Everybody has seen results in their personal life or their business life. And so I believe that everybody has a digital course in them. And I do what I do because I know that there is a woman in a cubicle right now looking at the work that she has to do in front of her, hating where she is, knowing she's made for more, but not sure what the heck to do to actually become her own boss and do her own thing and Uh, make her own business. And so I'm on a mission to help as many women as possible leave the nine to five or a situation they're not in love with right now and move into becoming their own boss. Because I left corporate to be my own boss, work when I want, where I want, how I want. And so that's how I got here. But before I became an entrepreneur, I worked with peak performance coach, Tony Robbins for about six and a half years as the content director. And I got to travel the world with Tony and work on state or work on the content he does on stage, like Unleash the Power Within and Date with Destiny. So I have learned from the very best, but the best thing ever is being your own boss. And that's why mm-hmm. I want to help more and more women do so. I love oh. that.
0: Well, and that's just the perfect intro for what we're talking about today, which is digital courses. And I mean, that intro just basically shared it. But in case <laughs> anyone doesn't know, Amy's the queen of digital courses. So, but but I also want to scale it back a little bit. If anybody's listening to this and they're like, "Okay, uh, I need to like a simple breakdown: What is a digital course? I've never heard of that before. Why are they so incredible in this day and age? Like, what would you say to that? How would you define am- it?"
2: I love that you asked this question because I do think sometimes when we're talking about doing things online, the instructors, the trainers, people like us that are teaching this stuff need to step back a little bit and realize this isn't stuff that you learn in school. This isn't stuff that they even do in a nine-to-five job, right? So... A digital course is basically you taking your knowledge, your expertise, and teaching somebody how you got those results. And you teach them through, let's say, video, audio, PDFs, there's a really good mix of all of that. Now, when people think of digital courses, if they're thinking mainstream, they might look at something like the brand Masterclass, where all these celebrities are creating their courses on Masterclass, and it's beautiful photography and beautiful production and really high end. But my students, and I've had over 48,000 students that I've taught how to create digital courses, my students are more scrappy and they're just making it work. They're not super fancy, but they're turning on the iPhone or they're um, fumbling through slides and audio to learn how to do that in order to put their course together and they're making really good money. Five figures, six figures, I have million dollar students. So never think that it has to be high polished, high production, because it doesn't. But here's one thing I wanna share. When I tell people about creating digital courses and what a digital course is about, um, one thing that I always say is, if you are thinking about creating a digital course, You just need a 10% edge. And the 10% edge is you just need to be 10% ahead of those you serve, those you're going to teach in your course so that you can show them the roadmap of how you got the results. Mm -hmm. You don't need a PhD or like 10 years of uh, certification or anything like that, just a 10% edge. So as people are listening to our chat today, just keep that in the back of your mind because you actually already are ready for a digital course. Mm -hmm.
1: And I think that's so good too to... to Realize I think it's very easy for us to get into our heads and think, like, oh, you know, I have to have all of this experience, all of these certifications, qualifications, all these different things. But the reality in order to is, teach. yeah, in order to teach or in order to, you know, pass along information. But the reality is, oftentimes when you're still, you know, like you're, you are several steps ahead, like that 10% edge that you were talking about, Amy, that's the perfect place to turn around and speak because. It's fresh for you. You know exactly, yes. like I am. I just navigated this. I just found like the the click moment for me where this all fell into place. Like I'm still like figuring out certain things. Like it, it's that curse of knowledge. Once you've been doing it for like ten years, it can be hard to look back and be like, what was it like in year one? I forget. I'm ten years in. Like it's so beneficial sometimes to still to be in that like 10% space ahead where you're, it's fresh and you have that ability to speak in to those who are just following right behind you.
2: Ah, uh, well said. Exactly my thoughts. Exact, like Exactly.
1: I love it.
2: <laughs> okay, okay. So I
1: would love for you to talk a little bit about, for somebody who's here, like, okay, well, I think I might have that 10%, you know, edge. I, I, maybe I could think about a digital course. Who do you think should consider creating a digital course? Like who is that
2: concept and that idea for? Ooh, okay. So if you, let's say somebody's listening and they're just getting started, they're starting to create content, build up their social and really figuring out like who their audience is and uh, how they're going to make money. Well, when you're starting to build your business online, you really got to get clear on what are you going to offer in order to make money? And there's so many different ways you can make money online. But for somebody who is a really good fit for a digital course, it's somebody that truly doesn't want to keep reinventing the wheel. And the reason I say that is because when you create one digital course, and and you ladies know this as well, when you create one digital course, you can launch it over and over and over again, Mm -hmm. or you can just make it available every single day so people can buy it. And the beauty of that is when you're trying to grow as an entrepreneur, if you keep starting over, if you keep starting from scratch scratch. If you chase this shiny object and that shiny object, you will never see the consistent revenue come in. Mm -hmm. And revenue allows you to do some amazing things in your business and grow and scale, but you need to bring that money in. So creating one digital course and launching it over and over again will give you that consistent revenue. So if you're looking to create an offer that you don't have to always start from scratch with, a digital course is a great fit. Also, if you've done one-on-one consulting or coaching or you have a service-based business, and let's say you like to do that, but you'd like to take maybe less clients. We all had those one-on-one coaching clients that we would love not to have. They're just not a good fit for us. If you want to take less clients, you can take less clients and then supplement your revenue with a digital course. So a digital course could live within the business you already have today. Mm. It could be an addition to what you're already doing. So for me, the 90% of my revenue comes from my own digital courses that where I teach how to do online marketing. But I have friends who do one-on-one coaching. They have a mastermind and they have a digital course, or they have a membership site, a physical product and a digital course. So you can really mix and match with the digital course, but just know it's a really consistent way to create revenue. Mm
0: -hmm. This is so good. I'm taking this as personal business advice because (laughs) me and and Evie are like the type of people that we're, we have like so many different ideas for digital courses that I'm like, oh, we've had like this list of like, oh, we want to make like seven to 10 different courses. And this is just a good reminder that like, you don't have to keep making new ones. You can just hone in on the ones you have and make them better. (laughs)
2: Oh, so true, I mean, I have story after story of my students who just kept on with that one course. I have this one student, her name is Karita Walker and she's a tap dance instructor and she owns a tap dance studio. And so she created a digital course to teach tap dance curriculum to other tap dance teachers to ensure that they had enough curriculum to keep their classes full. So she taught this tap dance curriculum in her courses and then she launched it over and over and over again and within a very short time made $60,000 with the same course because she would just launch it and she did not have a huge audience. And so oh, it's wow. just proof that you could make, you know, some someone's yearly salary with a digital course that you just keep launching over and over again. It's pretty incredible. Well, okay,
0: wait, that leads into a perfect next question, which is, do you need a big following on social media or even a huge email list to create a successful digital course? Because I think a lot of people assume that you have to.
2: And the short answer is you don't. Now, I'm a big believer in that Everyone should have an email list, meaning you should grow an email list. I think the best time to grow an email list is yesterday, and the next best time is today. And the reason for that is social media is fickle. It will come and go, that algorithm we don't control, even in the slightest. So if Mark Zuckerberg decided to change the algorithm, boom, how we do business could change. So what I always tell my students is, let's not grow your business on rented land. You own your email list. You don't own social media. So you don't need a huge social following or a huge uh, big email list in order to make money with your digital course. I have story after story of students with less than 100 people on their email list and they made great money. I'll tell you a quick one. One of my students, Rob Green, he's a photographer and he knows a lot about photography. A wedding photographer, he would, uh, had t- he would always be booked and then COVID hit. And he was getting zero bookings. Mm -hmm. And so he created a digital course. But here's the cool thing. He created a digital course on how to use flash photography that looks like natural light. Now, the thing is, Rob knew a lot about photography. He could have made this big, massive course that would have taken forever for him to create. But instead, he's like, I'm going to take one area that people are always like, dude, how did you do that? You do it so well, his flash photography that looks like natural light. So he made one course just to teach that, and he had a list of less than 100 people on his email list, and he made $12,000 the first time he launched it. Now, wow. if you can make $12,000, you can make $120,000. Like mm-hmm. I believe showing proof in, in, in $12,000 can equate to so much more. So mm-hmm. he's a great example of a small list. He took one area of his expertise. He created a digital course. I Do you
1: feel like with those just digital courses and the ability for people to create them and the opportunity we have with like tech and online in the digital age do you feel like online courses are going to change the atmosphere of higher education
2: like like college and stuff in the future like it's looking to oh, shift yeah. uh A million percent. What happened was we all went into COVID, and here's the beautiful thing about digital courses the silver lining of what happened in that horrible time during COVID is that people realized, Holy cow, I want to learn something, whether it be a personal hobby or something for business, or I want to make my relationship better, I want to get in shape, whatever it is. And the only option they had last year was to get online and learn it through a digital course. So people that were not even open minded to digital courses now said, well, I don't have another choice, so I'm just going to do it this way. Plus, mm-hmm. the whole world got on Zoom and realized <laughs> it wasn't as scary as they thought. And so people are more... Um, interested, more open-minded to learning online. And so digital courses have exploded since COVID and they were already on the rise. But right. more and more people are open-minded to learning. They realize, wait a second, this is cheaper, faster, more accessible. I could do it on my time, in my sweatpants. And so higher education, 1 million percent is going to be moving into that direction more and more so. Mm-hmm. I love that
0: you think that because I I would also, I, I think even just digital courses aside, just like the age of social media and entrepreneurship, like online marketing, I feel like just people starting their own businesses even has, has changed the game of like people thinking, oh wait, do I even need a degree? Do I even need to go to college if I can just do my own thing online? Unless like, obviously if people want to be like a doctor or a lawyer that, that really need a degree, I think it's just like completely changed the landscape uh, just the internet in general, and then yeah. especially digital courses.
2: Yes, I yes, and you're right. There's some professions that you're going to need to go beyond the digital course, but there's so much you can do within the digital course yeah. space.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, Ugh. with that with that open world in front of us as we're discussing this, like there's so much you can do in the digital course space. I can imagine a listener like right now sitting there. Like, okay, Amy, I hear you. I want to create a digital course, but I don't know what to make it about. Like I have either so many ideas running through my head. How, how do I identify which one? Or I have nothing coming to my head, but I, I know there has to be something. I guess where would you even have that person begin identifying their course topic?
2: Oh, I love this question. So I think most of us have multiple digital courses in us, even if we don't realize that we do. I was talking to one of my girlfriends and she said, you know, I think I could create like 10 different digital courses because On the side, I have this Airbnb that I always fill up and people are always like, why do you always have that occupied? Like, what are you doing that's making that work? And then she said, I also have a picky toddler that does not like to eat and I have mastered lunch and dinner time. I know the (laughs) tricks to get a picky toddler to eat. And then in addition to that, my husband and I have overcome so much in our relationships and people are always asking us, teach us what you did to overcome those big obstacles. So she went on and on and she's like, I didn't go to school for this, but I've gotten results and I can teach other people how I got those results. And she's precisely right. So those who are listening right now, if you think you don't have a digital course in you, look at your life experiences. What have you done? What have you accomplished? What do other people, what do you do that other people say? Like, how did you do that? Mm -hmm. And here's a little secret. Most of us are taking for granted our expertise and Mm -hmm. what makes us special. Meaning something comes so easy to you well, it's very difficult to another person, but you don't see it because it feels like second nature to you. So again, pay attention to when people are like, how did you do that? Or how are you doing that? Now, real quick, I'm going to give you a course creator sweet spot where this will help you to decide what type of course you want to create. There's four quadrants. So number one, where have you gotten results for yourself or for somebody else? Um, Where have you really excelled? Number two, if you have an audience already, what are they needing? What are they struggling with? What do they tell you they want when they know what you do in your business? Number three, what have people paid for? So this area that you might want to create a course in, are there books on it? Uh, Are there other courses on it? Have people gotten one-on-one support around this? Where have they spent money related to the topic you want to teach If they have spent money, that is a great thing. If there are other courses out there like the one you want to create, that is a great thing because it's already been validated for you out in the world. Mm -hmm. And the fourth quadrant is what lights you up? What could you talk about morning, noon, and night? It doesn't have to be your ultimate passion or obsession, but something you genuinely love to teach and talk about. Those are those four quadrants. And in the middle, you'll find that alignment with the type of course you should create.
0: So good. Okay. I have a follow-up question to that. What would you say to somebody who who might have kind of navigated that? And then they have two different ideas that are almost completely different. Like almost like the example you gave of just like, oh, I could teach how to do like parenting or toddler. Like I can make a course on that. Or oh, maybe I love macrame or something like that where yeah. it's like two completely different niches. Cause from a marketing perspective, how, like Would you recommend somebody have like multiple courses on wildly different topics or would you
2: tell them to like pick a niche? So I wouldn't suggest that you have two different courses on wildly different topics. And the thing is, I know that I work with a lot of multi-passionate creative entrepreneurs. And a lot of the times, they have tons and tons of ideas. And what I always tell them is, you don't have to monetize everything that you want to do. Some of that can be enjoyment and a hobby and a passion. But instead, just choose a lane that you want to stay in where you can monetize that. With a lot of different ways you do so, but you want to be known for something. When when you become known for something and somebody has a need in that area, boom, your name is the first name they think of and they buy from you. And so that I do believe is very important in the online space. So if you have a few different ideas, let's say um, like one of my students, she makes a killing off of teaching women how to knit. And then um, let's say that she, let's pretend she also wants to do one on the best um, skincare and how to have like the best skincare routine. Two very, very different things. What I would ask her is, Right now, what, a, what audience do you have access to more uh, readily? Like, where's the low-hanging fruit? If you like both topics, what is the, what's the easiest audience to access? Because obviously, we can't sell digital courses without an audience, and we want to start nurturing that right away while we're creating our course. So look at where you have access to the audience and choose the topic, if you like both of them, where you can really tap into that audience quickly or find them or attract them quickly. I love that. I feel like you're breaking this down so oh, simply, good. but also also like so
1: in depth. So it's the perfect mixture. It doesn't feel overwhelming, but it also is like valuable. <laughs> yes. I love it. So I would love stepping, I guess, out of the like technical, here's the step-by-step how to, you know, think about nailing down like your topic or whatever and step into a little bit more of the mindset because this can be make or break for so many entrepreneurs especially when it comes to stepping into something new like creating a digital course I think so many people and especially entrepreneurs deal with imposter syndrome especially when it comes to you know wanting to dive into education especially like online or creating digital courses so do most business owners you teach come to you with the mindset of who am I to teach something or are they just like oh yeah I'm you know I'm the shiz I'm ready like What would you say, I guess, to that imposter syndrome that is probably getting into a lot of people's, a lot of listeners' heads right now?
2: Oh, it's so normal. That's the first thing I'd say. 13 years in, and I find myself sometimes thinking like, do I really know enough to to branch out in this area? Or, gosh, I said that so ridiculously wrong. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I I, I feel like an idiot. I shouldn't be doing this. Like, it still comes up. The important thing is to catch it quickly and redirect your thoughts. But before we even get there, one thing, there's there's this really great definition of imposter syndrome that I've read in the past by um, a psychologist. And she was saying that imposter syndrome is thinking that you're not good enough despite evidence of your success. Mm. And that's the part when I saw that despite evidence of your success. Because everyone listening right now has had success in their life. They have done great things. They have moved through experiences that they thought they'd never get through, and they did come out the other side even better. So we have to really pay attention to what got us to where we are today, and there's a lot of great track records behind us. So we've got to remember that. Number two, what I said in the very beginning, imposter syndrome is very normal, very real, very alive in all of us, especially entrepreneurs. So just acknowledging it versus feeling bad or that you shouldn't feel it, just acknowledging it and saying, oh, I see you. I see. I'm not going to give you a lot of attention, but I see you there and moving on. And then the third thing is what I said earlier, choosing a new thought. And one of the things that comes up with imposter syndrome a lot is comparing yourself to others and um, looking out at what everybody else is doing and thinking, holy cow, I could never measure up. And what I know for sure is that a lot of us compare the back end of our business to the front end of somebody else's business. Social media is just the front shiny... Uh, uh, you know, front window of everybody's business. We have no idea what's going on in the back Mm. end of that. And I think it's important to remember that you're not seeing the whole picture. So there's no use in comparing because it's not a fair fight. So I think the remembering that is also really important.
0: Well, and I think this almost goes back to what you said at the beginning of the 10% ahead, because I think a lot of times people would rather learn from somebody that that feels less intimidating like oh wow they're like so far along in their business or 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 they they're like so high level and it's like i think people forget that and that that you all you know more than you think you do which is like the curse of knowledge right and it's like if you're just 10% ahead of your students it's like that's more relatable, and it's it's also teaching what you know. But I think it, that just goes so hand in hand with people thinking that like, oh, I know nothing when everyone oh, yeah. knows something.
2: It's so true. It's so
1: true. Mm, I love that. I feel I feel like it's just um, there's so many
2: mindset things as entrepreneurs oh, wow. that we just have to like kick to the fricking curb. <laughs> so like, many. Get I, out when, of here. I, when I worked with Tony Robbins, one of the things he said was. of being a successful entrepreneur is managing the thoughts you have. 20% is the mechanics. Like I could teach people step by step by step how to create a digital course from scratch. But what I really try to focus on in addition and on my podcast and anywhere I speak is those thoughts that get into our head that we believe to be true that are literally just limiting beliefs. But I try to normalize that they happen to all of us. Yeah. And, And I think that part's so important because in my Early days, when I remember my first two years of business like it was yesterday. And I remember thinking that the m- women I looked up to, my mentors, never had a rough day, never yeah. doubted themselves, never thought that maybe this wasn't going to work. And now I know like that was such a lie.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and I think a lot of people, they they might stop themselves, not even from lack of knowing like the technical know-how, but just like being like, oh, I don't even know where to even start or just like, I'm, I'm intimidated. I, it's too much. Like, I, it's just, I don't, I don't like this it, what, yeah. for whatever reason. And I think just like getting over the perfectionism of, mm-hmm. of thinking like, oh, this course, my first course has to be absolutely perfect. It has to be perfect in every way. And I have to make, oh a, a six
2: figures from the get go. It's like, let's lower the bar. Let's actually just get ourselves out there and do it. Would you agree with that? Oh, lower the bar and get yourself out there. That reminds me, one of my friends, Brooke Castillo, she has the the podcast Life Coach School and she subscribes to this thought that you should do B minus work b minus work because if you're always trying to go for that a a plus you'll never get it out there yeah. and you'll obsess about it so much that you're slowing yourself down and you're robbing your audience from your greatness that you put out there yeah. now I in college got all a's I was obsessed with getting all a's I'm actually if I wish I could go back and change that, have a little bit more fun. But <laughs> I do agree with her, but I can't do B minus. I say B plus. Like do, a, <laughs> do B plus work. And I think that the customer doesn't care between a B plus and an A, yeah. uh, as long as the content is solid. So yeah. Yeah, no more fussing about the fonts and the mm-hmm. colors. And did I say it just right? Get it out there. Your yep. audience needs it.
1: Yeah. Well, and I think to just speaking from, you know, a digital course creator's perspective, we're always learning too. We're always learning of like, oh, wait, you know, that presentation of that concept, even though the concept was, you know, solid, it didn't strike quite the, quite the right chord. We needed to have another separate worksheet or we needed to break it down into like a few more, you know, bite-sized steps or, or different things. Like it's not as if you can just without that feedback from your students, instantly nail it on the first try with no revisions needed or, you know, no room for improvement. Like there's always more even as the course creator that you're learning as well. And you just have to like create, do your best, you know, learn as much as you can from, you know, other people like learn from Amy on, on creating, you know, quality digital courses and all of that, and then put it out there. And once it's out, you're gonna get feedback or you're gonna realize, oh, wait, I could have maybe done, you know, module one a little differently, or I could have broken that concept down a little bit more understandably or different, like, there's always going to be room for improvement. You're never going to nail it on the first try.
2: Never. And that's why I'm so glad you brought this up. That's why I always tell my students, we're going to create one digital course and launch it several times before we move on to the next exciting thing we want to do in our business. And one of the reasons is you'll learn so much from putting that course out there that the next time you launch it, you'll want to tweak the course. You want to make it better. You want to make your marketing better. And so you learn to actually make something better versus just starting from scratch. And again, not knowing something and having to relearn it. This time you just get to up level. And that Mm. makes a huge difference in the confidence as an entrepreneur and your quality of teaching and in your bank account. Mm -hmm. Mm. So good. Reach it.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, okay, to any listener that's listening to this also, and they're like, okay, I am down. How do I like logistically start? Could you give any just like logistical tips on the first steps to creating a digital course? Like, Where does somebody even
2: begin? Yes, okay. So the the first place that I want you to go is back to that Course Creator sweet spot where you choose your topic. So what are you good at? Where have you gotten results? What does your audience need and want from you? And what have they paid for in the past? And also what lights you up? So that's those four quadrants. Go back to that and really start thinking about what could you put out into this world? And then the next thing I want you to do is if you have a lot of ideas, I want you to narrow it down to one idea, knowing that you could always do the second one down the road. But this is where I think a lot of my students get stuck. They spend too much time in the thinking and not enough time in the doing. Mm -hmm. So I like to give my students, like, you've got 72 hours to narrow it down. What is your course topic going to be about? Especially if you have a lot of ideas, you come to just one of those in the next 72 hours. And then here's a third thing I want you to do. This is all the ways to get started. I want you to grab a uh, pack of Post-it notes and a Sharpie, put on some good music, and for 10 to 15 minutes on every... Uh, post-it note, I want you to write down like an idea you'd have that you'd include in the course, an exercise you do, a story you would tell, a step-by-step method that you want to teach, uh, exercises, experiences, all of that. Each post-it note gets anything that pops into your mind. You're doing a full brain dump because once you get it out of your head and let's say onto a wall with a bunch of post-it notes, it starts to kind of make sense and you can move those post-it notes around and say like, how might I teach this? If I was going to teach this, what would I teach first? And what would I teach next? We're just in brainstorming. So anything goes, but getting the ideas out of your head and onto paper makes a huge difference. It builds a momentum. So those are the first three things that I want you to do if you're thinking about creating a digital course.
1: Oh, that's so good. And action, just taking those first steps is going to create so much momentum, so much excitement. Mm -hmm. It's sometimes I think it's just that first step, man, that just holds us back from doing anything because it just feels so scary. So I love, Amy, that you just broke that down into like just three simple first steps that feel, you know, tangible and achievable. And that is going to create so much more momentum for anyone wanting to create that digital course. And I
0: love the sticky note idea too, because it's a visual representation of like everything that you kind of know.
2: Yeah, it's so true. It's so true. Now, I have a question for you ladies because I know you have digital courses and um, tell me this. I'm so curious. I genuinely want to know, what do you think is the best part about having a digital course in your business? Like as a course creator and as an, as an entrepreneur, what like has it done for your business? Oh, wow. We got, oh. You
0: was not was not
2: prepared, I,
0: okay,
2: I was not prepared. yet and we're diving right into I it. I love it. I love it.
1: If you are loving what you're hearing on today's episode, then we wanted to share something else you might love, The Heart Shop. It's our digital resource online shop for creative entrepreneurs. The Heart Shop is your one-stop shop for all of our online courses, luxury website templates, PDF guides, social media graphic templates, and illustrations.
0: If you've been at your wits end with your website design and you don't know where the heck to create a high quality pricing or welcome guide to give your clients an incredible branded first impression, ooh, we got you. <laughs> we created The Heart Shop to serve you with the best tools and resources you need to successfully run your business. Just head to theheartuniversity.com forward slash shop and start browsing the goods. That's theheartuniversity.com forward slash shop and we'll see you there. Want to know what both Evie and I use for our skincare? Our absolute favorite non-toxic skincare products are without a doubt Primally Pure.
1: If you've been searching for a natural non-toxic skincare company, you can actually feel solid about using, knowing that the ingredients won't harm you and are derived from nature, then I'm not joking when I say that you need to try Primally Pure. Evie and I have been
0: using Primally Pure for our skincare for a couple of years now, and we are legit in love. Like, we love that every product has minimal, safe, all-natural ingredients that... I'm not joking, smell divine and make our skin look and feel healthy and beautiful.
1: Yeah, some of our favorite products that we've used from Primarily Pure are their charcoal deodorant, the cleansing oil, their lavender complexion mist, and their clarity serum. Like every freaking product of theirs, we're not kidding, knocks it out of the park as far as quality and making our skin feel incredible.
0: For 10% off your order, you can use code Heart and Hustle. That's all caps, no spaces at checkout using the link in our show notes. We know that you're going to love Primely Pure as much as we do. Again, that's code Heart and Hustle for 10% off your order today. I think it's the reward of seeing the wins of students. Yeah. Like yes, seeing I was something you'd say that. Well, it's like it's like I could keep everything that I know of how I did my business in my brain, but it's like when I It it is scary to put something out there that is your education. It's like, well, what if it doesn't work for somebody else? Like, there is that fear as a course creator. But when you see the results or you see actual lives changed, and not even just from like a marketing perspective of like, oh, great, I got a rad review. It's like, no, like this person's income, like their life, they just were able to pay off a house because... I taught them whatever and they helped their business. And that's obviously from a business perspective, but still like whatever course you're creating topic-wise, just like seeing the feedback of how it could change a life.
1: You're seeing the direct impact of your hard work turning into lives transformed or changed or impacted because of that.
2: Yes. I I totally agree. I have this little box in my office and it's from these notes that my students have written about how a digital course has changed their lives. And anytime I get one, I put it in this little box because as an entrepreneur, we're going to have bad days and it's going to be rough and we're going to think we're not cut out for this. And I literally have to go in that box and remind myself that what I'm doing is actually changing people's lives. So I got to keep going no matter what. And that's what a digital course can do for other people. When you start hearing people say, oh my gosh, my relationship is better, or my body feels healthier, or I finally am getting my baby to sleep through the night because your course on how to do that literally changed my life. That's the stuff that you just live for it. Yes. Yeah. I
1: I think there's so many uh, just benefits of having a digital course, just the freedom of, you know, working on your own timeline and, you know, having that passive revenue coming in just different things but to me like all of that is secondary to the impact and i think yeah i think that's honestly like you know desiring the revenue from it is not necessarily a bad thing but you in my opinion and in, from my experience that can burn you out of you can lose that like passion for creating for improving for you know teaching for sharing your knowledge when it's just about the money or when that's your number one motivator but when when you actually are desiring like that information to impact somebody's life and to change somebody's life you're able to step aside from like that fear of failure that you know imposter syndrome it's because it's bigger than you and it's more important yes. than just what's in your head in that moment when you're like oh this is a new course i'm afraid this is the first time it's launching what if nobody likes it like it's like okay if this impacts one life this is worth it so I just wanted to throw that out there too. (laughs)
2: Uh. I think that's so good. Yes. And you know, I I want to uh, just mention that a lot of people that are listening, they likely want to do something like this and they've thought about it and they're not sure how to get started and all of that. But one of the things that stops people in their tracks from actually creating a digital course is worrying exactly what you lady said about the imposter syndrome, worrying about what other people will think, worrying that they're not going to be good enough, that the only people that will buy is maybe their mom. There's a <laughs> lot of worry with that. <laughs> And also uh, just worried that, you know, maybe they don't have what it takes to get people results. These are all very normal thoughts. They're not true, yeah. but they're normal. And so I always say the thing that got me, my very first course I created, I made a whopping $267 in profit. And the course was $297. So I didn't even <laughs> make as much as the course was uh, because I the expenses and I didn't sell a lot. And the reason I didn't sell a lot is I chose a topic that I wasn't didn't have a 10% edge in. And so I wasn't confident in teaching it. So that's why I always teach my students, let's choose something where you've already gotten results. Yeah. But my point being is that I, I kept going, even though I cried for a week and my husband's like, you've got to get up and move forward. <laughs> this is ridiculous. But uh, my, my uh, why of why I wanted to be my own boss and start my own business and make money on my own was bigger than my worry that maybe it wouldn't work. What would mm-hmm. people think of me? All of that. Your why has to be bigger than your worry. And so if you if get really clear on what you're worried about, what's stopping you, why aren't you doing it? And then get really clear on why you want it. You don't want a digital Mm. course. You want freedom, freedom to do what you want, when you want, how you want, financial freedom, lifestyle freedom. Digital courses can give that to you. So why do you want what you want? Get clear. And that can outweigh the days that you're really doubting yourself.
1: Mm -hmm. So
2: good. Okay,
0: I have a question that could potentially be viewed as a Debbie Downer question, but it's also a selfish question that I would just love to ask you. um, (laughs) As, like, from one digital course creator to the queen of digital course creators, because what do you do when you, on the flip side, get somebody that takes your course and it's not what they expected? And maybe they are disappointed. Maybe they weren't the right fit for it for whatever reason. And I I don't know if you have like a refund policy or whatever, but like, what do you do in those situations where you have someone who is unhappy? Because I think as course creators we we have to be realistic and also understand that like not every this course isn't for everyone and like what do you do as a course creator in that situation when
2: you might have an unhappy customer or somebody that's like hey this actually didn't give me the results that i wanted Great question. So number one, you will have unhappy customers because that's life. And number two, people will buy your course and think, you know what? This wasn't a good fit for me. So the more you market it, remember, because you're creating one course and you're giving yourself the experiences of marketing it over and over again, you'll get really good at your marketing message. So the first time you launch your course, there might be a few people that ask for a refund. And then you're going to ask, you're going to give them a survey of why they're refunding. You're going to learn more about that. And so what they tell you, you can take that and say, okay, the next time I launch it, I'm going to make sure I mention this in my marketing, or Mm -hmm. I'm going to make sure that this is on the sales page. So it's really clear. We don't know what we don't know. So refunds could actually help you become a better marketer and sell more courses in the future if you allow them to look at them that way. So the other thing is I always offer a refund. So, in my case, I offer a 14 day refund, uh, money back guaranteed. But you do have to actually get into the course and do some of the work and show me that you did. Because the thing is, we cannot get our students' results if they don't do the work. Yeah. There's a lot of things that we can do to help them get into that course and give them the pep talks they need and make sure they know how to navigate. There's a lot of responsibility on us to do that. But at the end of the day, they need to sit in front of the computer, they need to press play, they need to implement. Yeah. So, one, don't put put every bit of responsibility on yourself because this is a two-person 2, two um, person team here that's going through this, you and the student. And number two, it's okay to get refunds as long as you learn from them and you move on. And I can promise you, so you're good. never going to get as many refunds as you think you're going to get. It's yeah. not a thing you should be worried about.
0: So good. Yeah, I have I, another selfish question if I can. Just, <laughs> Lindsay is yeah, just like, okay. you
1: know what? We have Amy trapped here. So let's <laughs> I
2: love
0: it. Uh Oh, wait, it just, oh my gosh, pregnancy brain. Evie, do you want to talk? I have to get it back. It literally just flew out of my head. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> oh, I've I feel- actually
2: <laughs> so done that before.
1: <laughs> it's just not there anymore. Okay. I actually have a question. This is probably, we're just going to be bouncing all over the place because I know Lindsay will get it back and want to jump in. I'll back get it in. back.
0: I'm, I'm reeling it uh, in.
1: But I have a question for the person who might be sitting there who's like, okay, I, you know, am ready to prepare this course or I've just launched my first course, but I'm ready to launch it again. And I want to build my audience, you know, for these future launches. I want to continue to have more people to offer this to, to sell this to. I don't want to just keep selling it to, you know, like a hundred people and just my mom buys it every time. (laughs) Like that person who's kind of, wanting to begin either in preparation for like launching their first course, or as they continue to grow, they want to continue to grow that audience. Do you have like thoughts or advice for that person on how to build that audience, whether on social media or on their email list to prepare for launching that digital course?
2: Yes. Okay, so this is so important. This goes back to that topic of you can't build your business on rented land, although in that social media, although social media is such a great catalyst for helping you grow your email list. So we want to use it. We don't just want to put all our eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. So with that, a lot of people start out with a social media following. It could be a small social media following, but that's where they start out. And so what I want you to do is, number one, I want you to get clear on what you're posting. And are you posting the kind of content that would attract the person that would eventually want to buy from you. So make sure if you're thinking about coming up with this digital course, if you're thinking about a topic, ask yourself, am I putting out content that would attract a person that would eventually want to buy this course? And if not, let's make some subtle tweaks with what you're putting out there to make sure we attract who you want to attract. Once you've done that, one of the things I think everybody should have is a lead magnet, a way to grow their email list. So a lead magnet is like a cheat sheet, a checklist, a guide, um, a 15-minute audio freebie, a 15-minute video freebie. But the only way for them to get it is to give you their name and email in exchange for this freebie. Everybody should have something like that, that they link in their bio, they talk about regularly, like once or twice a week on social, they mention it on other people's podcasts if that's appropriate. We all should have lead magnets because it's going to allow people to come into our world and then we can start building a relationship with them. The sooner you do this, the stronger the relationship is so when you do promote your digital course, you can send out a few emails and you'll get some sales. But you got to start now and not wait. Yes, Mm. that's Mm. so good. I love that. All right, I remembered my question.
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're just just, like yanking you all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
0: Uh, Okay, so this is coming from a course creator's perspective of having launched a course. How? I would love your advice. How do you get your students to actually finish a course? Because Ooh, and, yes. and I am I am my own cr- like critic here because I've bought a course in the past and I literally have like taken 10% of it. So I'm literally the, the person that we're I'm judging right of. now. Right, <laughs> yes, we're all guilty yes. of it. Because Every a lot of people has digital love, course Yeah, field. like they love the idea of like, yes, I want to do that. But then life happens and they don't actually finish it. But then it's like, well, you're not getting the results because you haven't finished it and then therefore implemented it because you don't, know what I just taught you. So I would love to know from the queen, what are some strategies to actually get students to finish a course entirely?
2: Okay, so this is another one of my favorite topics because I'm, it, I'm obsessed with people getting to the finish line because I want to tell their success stories, and right. that benefits me. But it also benefits them to put their message out into the world. So I want as many success stories as I can. So number one, this is like a bigger picture, internal kind of thing. But in my business, we measure our success. By the number of testimonials we receive. So we actually count those testimonials. We go above and beyond and we see someone has had success. We got to get on a Zoom call with them. We learn more about them. We write their story up on our website. Like it's a thing. And so we always have a goal of like this year, I think it's 500 success stories from our students. And we're measuring every quarter, are we on track? So sure, we measure revenue and profit, but also success stories. That changes your mindset because now you're thinking in order to hit that goal, I better do a really good job of helping people get those results. So a few ways to do that is number one, I think an email campaign, we call it a new customer onboarding sequence. A really good email campaign while they're going through your course is paramount. Meaning if they're, let's say, going module by module, week by week, you're releasing the course. Every week they're getting a new module. There's a new, um, there's an, every week they're getting a new email saying there's a new Module out. Here's what to pay attention to. Here's a link to get back into the course, make it easy for them. And also, when you believe that people are going to get stuck on a certain topic, that's when I make what are called course pep talks, where I'll get on video, I'll pre record it, and I'll say, okay, this week is module three. It's all about fully fleshing out your course content with a really well designed outline believe me, you're going to get stuck here. And here's why. Blah, 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 blah. Here's what to do instead. And it's like a three to five minute video of a pep talk. You've got this. Of course, it's going to feel new to you. You can do it anyway. So my course pep talks tend to find people at the perfect time. And I hear it all the time. Oh my gosh, that's exactly what I needed. So Mm -hmm. it's the new customer onboarding sequence is the email that goes along with their journey. It's pep talks. If you feel comfortable in making these quick videos or even just audio. And then the third thing is. a really easy-to-navigate digital course is important. So I use Kajabi for all my digital course platforms, and it's just a really simple, easy-to-navigate interface so that people can find everything that they're looking for. If they're confused about where the modules are, they're not logging in. So the interface is important as well.
1: Mm -hmm. I love that. Okay, again, I just feel like we're just picking your brain here. (laughs) Great. <laughs> do you cuz you mentioned basically like like a drip method so releasing the the modules like week by week or something like that have you found that that a drip method tends to result in more completion rate because you're almost guiding them through like, like they can't finish the whole pace? thing yeah
2: yeah. So it depends on the t- type of content. So there's three different courses that I encourage my students to make. Either a starter course where it's like this 101 jumping off point where they're just promising results to get people started. So that course tends to be smaller. And then there's the second type of course is a spotlight course, like Rob Green, where he took one expertise that he had and he drilled down deep into it, like the flash photography. That's a spotlight course where it's a little bit more intense, but it's only on one topic. That one also people could get through probably in a week if they wanted to. And then the third type of course is a signature course. And that's the Mac Daddy of all courses. And a signature course tends to be really robust and takes people uh, six to 12 weeks to get through. And so when you're thinking of dripping the content, meaning you release it module by module, week by week, Or if you give it to them all at once, I typically look at the results that you're promising and ask yourself, is this gonna be like drinking from a fire hose if I give them all the content at one time because Mm -hmm. you're the instructor. So it's like you're the parent. You know what's best, even though your kids slash students want something different. And so my students will say, Amy, we just want the entire course all at once. And I'll say, you think you do, but I'll (laughs) give it to you and you'll never get to the finish line because after two weeks, you're like, oh my gosh, this is so much. Yeah. But if I go on the journey with you module by module, week by week, and I'm in a private Facebook group with you answering questions, you're more like, to get to the finish line. So it's Mm -hmm. the type of course you create that kind of dictates, can I give it to them all at once or do I need to go on this journey with them?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's so So good. good. So, so helpful. Even for somebody (laughs) considering like sitting there, you know, like, okay, well, I'm sure like the concept, if you've never created a digital, digital course or you've never looked into it, researched it, you know, been following along, like you might not, hearing, not even know drip method yeah, was drip method. method. Yeah. Like these are concepts that are, you know, like when when Lindsay and I first got into, like we launched our first digital course. What was that? Like two years ago? Two, 2019. So yeah. two, three years ago, whatever that was. It was like we had no idea what the heck we were doing. Like we had <laughs> never heard of Kajabi before we started creating. We our did course. do Kajabi though. We did that right. Yes. We did, we did a few oh. things right but (laughs) it was, it was a learning process. So I love even just like us brainstorming and us asking you questions, even as creators, like I know there's so much in this that people are like, oh, hearing those three different types of courses and, you know, knowing that a drip method is maybe a good idea and that will require, you know, more of an email sequence and having that private Facebook group that you can go into and, you know, guide your students through, like there's, just so much that you just dropped, Amy, both for us and for listeners. So I'm (laughs) appreciative.
0: That makes me so happy to hear. Well, and I think it's
1: also how to like almost teaching people how to be a
0: good educator, like not even just like, okay, I can word vomit what I know. Yeah. Into either audio or video or whatever, but it's like, how do I actually present it in a way that can be consumed in a way that people are actually learning? But then also what can I do on the, once it's created? to market it and drip it out or put it out there that helps people also ingest it and actually learn it and finish it.
2: I think a really good course creator cares and asks questions about, but how do I get them to the finish line? How do I make sure they yeah. get results? If you're yeah. asking those questions or thinking that, you are a perfect fit as a course creator because you care immensely.
1: Yeah, yeah. I would love, okay, so Lindsay just kind of mentioned this, like the the format for of course, this will be like one of my last questions. But have you found, Amy, that there's almost like a a one size fits all on the format? So for example, like uh, videos with worksheets or slides with audio or maybe just slides and graphics. Have you found that there's any specific way that for a majority of courses, students are able to ingest and receive the information
2: best? Great question. I have not. I have found that there are so many different ways you can do this. So um, a lot of my students that are just starting out don't want to be on video. That just adds an extra layer of stress that they're not ready for. And I tell them that I have made millions of dollars on digital courses with barely showing my face for the first few years of having success in courses. So you do not need to be on video. And quite honestly, I, I call it the talking head. I think if you're a talking head throughout your entire digital course and not showing slides, you're going to have a hard time keeping their attention. There's only so long they just want to look at you talking. Mm -hmm. And so I'm a huge fan of slides with audio. So your voiceover and the slides are showing. I think a good mix of maybe you jumping on video to welcome them in, doing a lot of slides and audio, and then you jumping on video when you feel comfortable is a great fit. I also know, and I'll tell you a trend that I'm seeing, and I think it's gonna stick around, is a private member podcast. So this is something cool we've been doing with our podcast, I mean, our uh, digital course we've turned our digital course into a private members-only podcast where people can get access to it on Apple or Spotify or wherever they listen to their podcast. And it's my modules. Now, they're not seeing my slides and seeing my graphs and all of that, but it's an additional way when they're busy and they want me in their ear and they want to get, it, get through the course to pop me in their earbuds and still go through my course. So these different modalities are important because people learn in different ways. Mm-hmm. So i like to mix it up. I love that. Yeah, That's I think awesome. I think
1: it's just important, you know, speaking to the listener right now who's maybe like, "Okay, uh I have options." Like just start experimenting, start figuring out like where you tend to serve best and what your expertise is and, you know, you might figure out like for Lindsay and I, we did primarily video on our first course. And then we realized, oh, you know, it's actually really helpful to also have a lot of like, you know, slides or worksheets or different things that go with it. So for the next course we created, we intentionally kind of shifted a little bit of our format. And it's part of the learning experience and part of the growing process and part of realizing how people ingest information. But just getting started with whatever you feel most comfortable with, I think is one of the biggest things.
2: Yes, 1 million percent.
0: Okay, last question, I promise. 13 years (laughs) into being an entrepreneur, Amy, what is the biggest mindset block that you've dealt with and overcome in your business?
2: Ooh. Oh, okay. So mine's really personal and that has to do with my weight. So I have struggled with my weight most of my life um, in elementary school, starting in elementary school. And so the biggest roadblock or mindset shift that I've had to make is when I see myself on camera and my weight has, through these 13 years, people have seen it up and down and all around. And I equated that to, I can't be successful unless I look a certain way on video And I'm Mm. a certain weight. Mm. I got this into my head early on. And although people would always say like, uh, Oprah is a billionaire, for the record, and her weight (laughs) has fluctuated all through her TV show and all of that. I'm like, yeah, but maybe she's the unicorn. For some reason, I thought people wouldn't take me seriously or want to learn from me if I didn't have it all together in in a very big way, in the way that I look. And then what happened was I was getting on stage and I was so nervous to go on stage and it was at a a stage in my life that I wasn't feeling good about my body. And this guy, it was actually a guy, which I wish I could say it was a woman that said this, but a guy said to me, just for the record, when you worry about how you look all the time, you're taking away from being present with those that you are serving. And if you really believe that it's about them and not about you, you're gonna have to kind of examine how you're feeling about this. And then a woman said to me, Other women that look like you or feel like you need to have see that you're doing it no matter what, which will Mm. give them permission to do big things in this world, no matter what age, no matter what weight, no matter what they think they look like or whatever. And that's that that message. When that woman said that to me, I was like, oh, I get it. I need to be seen and heard so other women feel that they can do the same. I want to be an example of what is possible. So my biggest mindset was getting over getting on camera, to be quite honest. Mm-hmm. And the reason I think that's so amazing that I say that to all of you right now is I was the girl that was terrified to go live. When Facebook Live, this is how long I've been around, when Facebook Live <laughs> came out, when it was like brand new, I remember thinking, oh God, I hope this crashes and burns <laughs> so we do not have to go live all the time on Facebook. Like, and oh then video so blew Facebook. up. <laughs> yes. Yes. And it became a raving success. And I'm like, ah, but (laughs) I finally just embraced it. Like yesterday I was on three live videos on Facebook, three in a row. And I just didn't even miss a beat. Didn't even think twice about it. So you can get to a place that you feel very confident on camera, no matter what your weight is, uh, but it is something you got to work on. So that's Mm. my personal struggle. That's so good. I, I know I, that just spoke to a lot of people. Just yeah, saying. I that hope was so.
1: so, so good. And I think just like the simplification of like, is this about you or is this about them? Like, yes. ah, that's so
2: good. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, Amy, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for just honoring us with... Just your knowledge and your expertise on today's show. I know not only was this just such a treat and a joy for Lindsay and I, but also I know such an impactful episode for so many of our listeners. So for everyone who is now just in love with you, maybe wanting to learn about creating digital courses from you, or just just wanting to follow along with you, listen your to journey. your podcast. Yes, all the things. Where can everyone find
2: you? Just drop your well, plugs. Well, <laughs> Thank you for asking. Thanks for having me. This has been so much fun. My very favorite topic to talk about, especially with other course creators, you ladies totally get it. So thanks so much for having me. And my podcast, you're totally right. So Online Marketing Made Easy is, if you want to learn more about digital courses and list building and online marketing, that is where I put my energy, love, and attention. So Online Marketing Made Easy, you can find me wherever you listen to a podcast.
1: Ah, oh, amazing. Perfect. Thank you so much, Amy. You are just such a joy. Thank yeah, you've been so So fun to
2: talk to. (laughs) (laughs) Likewise.